0: Jesus gave us oy, it's not Jesus, gab, cannot Jesus will still come. Yes, Jesus will still come. Yes, oh, do you yes, know that yes, He will, will come. come? Jesus, Jesus will still come. come. Yes, oh, to take His people home. Home. Can you just speak to God at this time? If you truly believe the song that you have just sung, tell the Lord to make you ready when he comes again. Our God and Father, we thank you for the privilege of knowing that you will yet come again. Thank you Lord for this opportunity to share your word. Father, thank you. You who is able to speak through the earthquake. You who is able to speak through the wind. You who is able to speak through the fire. Yet, Lord, you who has the still small voice of calm, speak to our hearts this morning that we may know you And that we may be prepared. Lord, help us, O God, that all that we will say today, all that I will say today, Lord, that they may be able to quicken the hearts of your people and get them ready for your coming. Thank you, Father, for answers to prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. This is Advent Sunday. You know, Advent Sunday um, it is, simply put, it is the time in Christendom when we remember the first coming of the Lord Jesus, and then when we also look forward to his second coming. The word, actually, is a Latin word, Adventus. In Greek, it is called parousia. But what it is saying is that Jesus is coming a second time praise the lord our topic this morning says he will come again if we had stopped at that maybe it would have been just a little simpler but that's not how he's going to come scripture says he will come again in glory in great power in glory And you know, when we say he will come again, we already know that it means he had come before. There was a first coming. There will yet be a second coming. Now, how did Jesus come before? There are a few similarities. How he came before and how he will yet come again. Jesus came before, but remember that before he came, there were prophecies of his coming. There there are also prophecies now about his second coming. Remember that there were also cosmic events. Events that happened in the sky. The stars guiding the people to where Jesus was. When he comes again, there will yet be cosmic signs. Hallelujah. But there are also sharp differences. When he came before, he came like a baby. He came like a baby. He came to save the lost. And that is the grace we are still enjoying today. But when he comes again, he's going to come as a king. He's going to come as a warrior. He's going to come as a savior too for those who have been saved. He will not come to beg anybody to get converted. He will come to deliver judgment. Praise the Lord. When we say that Jesus will come again in glory, I don't know how many of us really believe that he will come again. Let's even start from there. Truly, I realize that many Christians do not actually believe that Jesus will come again. Because if they actually believe that Jesus will come again. There will be no reason why you will be begging somebody to please repent and be converted. There will be no reason. But the problem is that we truly do not believe that he will come again. Yet, in the Apostles' Creed that we sang this morning, we confessed it. Every Sunday we come. And we say he shall come again to judge the quick and the dead. We say it every morning. Is anybody forcing us to say it? No. It is the confession that the church makes. In other words, you know why we say the creed all the time? Any person who says he is a Christian, who does not believe in the words of the creed, of the apostles' creed, that Jesus came through a virgin birth, that Jesus is the son of God, That Jesus suffered and died for our sins. That he rose again after the third day. And that he will come again to judge the quick and the dead. These are the tenets of Christianity. Ask your neighbor, do you believe he will come again? Ask him or her again, do you believe he will come again? For me, I believe. I believe it with all my heart because I know it. How do I know it? It has been prophesied. It has been prophesied. We yet come to that. Another point that interests me about his coming is that many Christians do not know that he will come again. But the enemies of Jesus know. The enemies of Jesus they know that he will come again. You know, I was listening to a program. And one Muslim was saying, yes, that they know that Jesus will come again. That he will come again. But you know, when the devil wants to say something, he wants to say it half truth and half lie. And so they say he will come again. But he will come again to correct the impression that he gave before. That he is the son of God. That that that, that that's why he's coming again. That's what they say. But you and I know the truth. But at least they know, they know that Jesus will come again. And many of us who are Christians are not aware of that fact. Some of us say it is a spiritual thing. Some people say that Jesus has already come when the Holy Ghost came. That's not true. That's not scriptural. There is a third reason why I also know so strongly that Jesus will come again. And what is that reason? God himself said it. I now go, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. That is what we are talking about. God has said it. And that settles it. That Jesus will come again. Jesus himself said it. And what did God say about Jesus? That this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. If he says he will come, he will come. You know, God is trustworthy. Believe me, he is trustworthy. Believe me, he is trustworthy. Will he say a thing and will he not bring it to pass? You know, many years ago, scientists, because scientists are the ones that always make efforts. They want to, at all times, disprove the things of God. Many years ago, if you did geography, you will know, at least the history is there. They will say that the world is, um, is square. Am I correct? It's flat. Okay. Some people are saying flat, some people are saying. But they, they will just say that the world is, the world is not secular. But in the Bible, from time, from the beginning of time, scripture has said that the world is secular. That's why scripture will say that God sits on the circle of the earth. And many other instances. And suddenly, after many years, they have realized that it is true. na, Amen. And they come again with the evolution theory. They say, well, that man... Man evolved from whatever, from an ant, from a mosquito, from whatever they want to call it. And then suddenly we, man became man. But we also know that the man Charles Darwin, who propounded the theory of evolution, at least we, we heard, even though there's, there's been denials, that before he died, he regretted that he ever deceived the world. As if that is not enough. Have you also realized that even scientists have dumped the evolution theory? Now, they say it is the Big Bang Theory. That the world, everything in the world suddenly occurred. You know, what is the Big Bang Theory? The Big Bang Theory that they refuse to call God's creation is that God made the heavens and the earth. Why a Big Bang Theory? So. But they will not call it God creating the heavens and the earth. God's word is true. People of the world will not want to acknowledge God and His supremacy and His lordship and His kingship and rulership. That's why recently, too, you know, in the US, they had their Thanksgiving. But you will never hear them say who they are thanking. (laughs) Is there anything like Thanksgiving? I want, okay, Thanksgiving, I'm doing Thanksgiving. Who are you thanking? They have refused to name the name of the Lord, to say, God, it is you that we are thanking. So everything else, as far as the people of the world are concerned, is true, minus God. And we say, fa-fa-fa-fao. You know, when Paul was speaking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, but the gospel that I preach to you is according to what? Scriptures. He did not say it is according to scientists. And so when you want to tell people that Jesus will come again, tell them according to Scriptures. Don't tell them according to common sense. Common sense will not work. I always say that you cannot use a thermometer to check the direction of the wind. Neither can you use a clock to check the temperature of the body. It doesn't work. That's not what they are made for. And that's not what science is made for. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But you know, Jesus was speaking concerning his coming. He told his disciples, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. He says, believe in me. Believe also in God. In my father's house, there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you now, I I have nothing to lose. I would have told you that I will not come. Let not your heart be troubled. Tell your neighbor, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me. That is God is saying. Jesus is saying believe in. Believe in Jesus. Say it. Believe in Jesus. Praise the Lord. It is not believing Azubike. It is believe in the Lord Jesus. He is coming back again. He went away and he promised us that he is coming back again. Some of you will say, okay sir. We know he is coming back again. But why has he delayed for so long? Why hasn't he come since? And I answer you like this. I say, what is your criteria for assessing delay? What is your yardstick, the parameter with which you are using to assess that Jesus' is coming has been delayed? First of all, that's the first question I want to ask. Many of us use our age, our chronological age, because you were born again when you were seven years. Now you are 80 years you think it has delayed because you have waited for too long as a Christian. And some of us think, well, I have been a Christian for a long time. So, he, I mean, he should have come. Others use the amount of suffering they have experienced. You see, I have gone through so much. It has happened to me before. When I was in my part one exams, do the first one, do the second one. I began to say, Jesus, won't you just come now? So that all these examiners, oh, oh, those, they will go to hellfire. Let the world end now. Jesus, come now. And when he didn't come, he looked to me as if he is delaying. But past the exam, you will say, Jesus, wait until I become a consultant. Jesus, wait until I get married. Remember that scripture said that people will, when Jesus will come, people will yet be doing the things they used to do before. Then I don't want you. Now I don't want when they were awake yesterday i'm sure they are in church too it will not stop the lord from coming when he will come praise the lord praise the lord you know i like psalm 90 a lot when you get home just read it meditatively that's the psalm that moses wrote Moses, realizing that he had been judging time wrongly, suddenly spoke out in that psalm and he said, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Let us number it appropriately. If two months is equal to one year, let us know. And he said that a thousand years in the eyes of God is like yesterday that just went by. Many of us are saying the Lord has delayed. By the way, those of us who are saying that the Lord has delayed, let me remind you something. You know, the first century Christians also thought the Lord was going to come in their generation. Did you know that? They thought the Lord would come in their generation. Just after a few decades that Jesus left. They were eagerly awaiting the coming of the Lord. But you know, just consider the first coming of Jesus. The first coming of Jesus, if you remember it very well. The first time it was prophesied that Jesus will come. It wasn't really a prophecy. God was speaking. You know, when God speaks, you don't say he prophesied. When God speaks, God speaks. People prophesy based on inspiration, but God speaks. So God talked about the coming of Jesus in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Genesis 3.15 And I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head. And you shall bruise the heel. God was speaking to the devil. Praise the Lord. And in many translations you will find that that seed. One of those seeds. The seed of the woman. Is in capital letter S. The coming of the Lord has already been spoken about. When man fell. But do you know how long it took before Jesus came from Genesis chapter three to Matthew chapter one? The the Hebrew the Jewish calendar has its I mean dates it to be approximately about four thousand years. At least we know that from Malachi to Matthew was about four hundred years, But from Genesis. To Matthew. About 4,000 years. We are not saying that the Lord is going to take 4,000 years. But we are saying that even though it took time. Because it had been spoken about. It eventually came to be. Because the Lord said so. Praise the Lord. Second Peter chapter 3. Let's read that passage. Second Peter chapter 3 from verse 1. It says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which we have spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us. The apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of the coming? Where is it? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. We already said that. People are getting married. People are doing normal things, buying cars, going to church living as if, I mean, nothing has changed. You see, Peter is already talking about it in their own time. He says, For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this, they will fully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water. By which the world that then existed perished. It says, by the word of God. It was by the word of God that the world was created. You know, I, I want to bring this out because the problem that some of us have as Christians is that we think, you know, we think of God as man. And I, I usually like to tell people, if they ask you, to go to Kaduna. They just tell you now. Go to Kaduna brother. You will have some preparations that you will need to make. Maybe buy fuel. Take food. Do this. Do that. Iron your clothes. And so they think that God is also like that. That when the father says. Jesus I go. The time is right now. That Jesus will now begin to pack the angels. Get the clouds ready. The, no. That was also the problem. That the servant of King Ahab had. When Elisha prophesied and said. That a barley of wheat. Will be sold for. How much? One shekel or thereabouts. That was the problem he had. And he said no this cannot be. This cannot be. And he said even if God. Even if God decides to make windows in heaven. That this cannot be. Unfortunately for him. Before that time, there were already windows in heaven. How do I know? Scripture said that God opened the windows of heaven and poured out rain with which the earth was destroyed on the first time. And that happened before Elisha was ever conceived, very many years before. But he didn't, the man didn't know. So he was thinking that, well, for that to happen tomorrow, That God will begin to, first of all, design the windows, you know. Just no. Do not think of God as man. God is not a man. Neither is he the son of man. He will not lie. He will not say something and not bring it to pass. Praise the Lord. There's this song that my children like to sing. When they sing it sometimes, it touches my heart so much. It's a very common song. It says, When Jesus, when Jesus comes, where will you, where will you be? When the trumpet, when the trumpet sounds, where will you, where will, and they go on. Some will be laughing, eating and drinking, some will be marrying. Some will be writing exams and so on and so forth. When Jesus comes to take away his people, then ask yourself right now, where will you, where will you be when Jesus returns? What will you be doing? Will you be in that room fornicating? Or will you be in that office nana bribe? Or will you be on the road abusing people? The other day I traveled and the, the bus driver was telling me that it is impossible for a bus driver to go to heaven. I, I, I was amazed that a bus driver was saying that because somebody called him on the phone and he said we were at Onesha. So when somebody called him, he said, oh, that we are in Benin. And I shudder because I was in front. I said, ah, we are not in Benin, no." He said, he knows, he knows, he knows. And I began to talk to him. He said, it's impossible for a driver to go to heaven because you cannot do without lying. Brethren, it is a liar. It is a liar. It is very possible for a driver to go to heaven. He said, it is for the security reasons that the person should not know where he is. I said, okay, why didn't you just tell the person that, sorry, Um, when I get to to where I'm going to, when I get to Enugu, I will call you. Since they gave him something to give to that person. Where are you? Okay, when I get to Enugu, I will call you. That would have just solved it. He didn't need to lie. Scripture said that God always makes a, a, a room for escape for us, for every event, for every situation. Praise the Lord. How will he come? You know, that's the other part of the sermon. It says, He will come again in glory. Mark chapter 13, 24 to 26. But in those days after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. Cosmic events. And the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power. You know, the power is not like I shouted though. Don't think it is like that. This one is just human imagination trying to shout power, thinking it's like that. God's power far exceeds all that we can ever think or imagine. It is with great power and glory. And then he shall send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds. From the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Praise the Lord. He will come in glory. You know, I was looking at the word glory in the dictionary and it said uh, a splendor. It's a beauty or splendor that is overwhelming and powerful. But I also realized when I looked at scriptures that man cannot really put in the dictionary glory that relates to God. You can't, you can't define it. You cannot define God's power in the dictionary. Neither can you define his glory. Are there not possible it's just a shadow of, of, of the real thing. A mega shadow. Moses had requested of God. He said, God, show me your glory. When he felt that, uh, I mean, they've come very close. They've become very good friends. God, show me your glory. And God said to him, my, my brother, my glory. You want to see my glory? It <laughs> is not possible. If you see my glory, you will die. If you, if you just see it like that, you will die. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something that you can see. I want us to just look at that scripture. Let's look at that scripture. Exodus chapter 33, verse 21. There's something that amazes me about that particular scripture. Exodus 33, 21. Scripture says, And the Lord said, See, there is a place near me that after Moses had requested. There is a place near me. I wonder the place that is near God, where that is. But you will soon see it. There is a place near me, and you may take your place on the rock. Not on a rock. On the rock. Anacheba ezo so, Moses, So that God's glory will not wreak havoc on his life. I'll you for the glory. Now, I go on, 22. And when my glory passes by, when it passes by, not when it comes and stands and faces you. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a hole in the rock. Some scriptures say, I will put you in the cleft of the rock. What is that rock? The rock is Jesus. Who was, even from the very beginning of time. He says, I will put you in a hole in the rock, covering you with my... Watch this again. Covering you with my hand, till I have gone past. So, he's in the the cleft on the rock. And the Lord is covering him with his eye. And the Lord is at the same time walking past. This is beyond human imagination. Don't even think about it. How can you cover somebody's eye? Walk past. eh? And then you open his eyes to now see your glory that has gone past. People of God, this thing that is coming. But for those who have believed in the Lord Jesus, they shall be safe in the cleft of the rock. Are you in that number? Are you in that number? Are you in that number? Saved by grace. I am in that number. I am in that number. I am in that number. (laughs) Many people did not think I am in that number. Are you? Are you in that number? Are you in that number? Saved by grace I am in that number. I am in that number. I am in that number. Saved by grace there are a few things that we must know and we must take note of today. The Lord says, you must tell them this. Because there are many teachings that have been going around. You see, I will as much as possible try not to get myself involved in a lot of controversies. A lot of controversies. But a few things that we must know to help us is that number one, unlike what some people think, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will not be a secret event. We are not in a secret society, people of God. It will not be secret. How do I know? We just read We just read Mark 13. But let us read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 to 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 to 18. You know, some people say Jesus will first come and quietly he will take the people who are his. And then later he will come again a third time to now take those who have survived the tribulation. And that's why I, I, I hear some people, they say, well, if I don't make it when Jesus comes this time, after the tribulation I will make it. I pity you if that is what you are thinking. That you will wait. That it is when Jesus comes, a tough time after the tribulation. That is when you want to be saved. And then I ask them, I say, What if you die before that time? And they say, Well, if I die before that time, I'll go to purgatory. If the person does not understand, please tell him again. That you will leave your faith. Your eternal faith in the hands of somebody else. That's because we don't understand what hellfire is. And we also don't understand the joy of heaven. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 to 18. For the Lord, for the Lord Himself. Himself will come down from heaven. The Lord Himself. It is not a spiritual coming, it is a physical coming. Yes, go on. With a loud command. With a loud command. My own says with a shout. With the voice of the archangel. With the voice of the archangel. And with the trumpet call of God. And with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. The trumpet of God. You know, if they if they sound the trumpet here and they put the microphone, it will be so loud. But the trumpet we are talking about here is the trumpet of God. And scripture says that the dead in Christ will do what? Will rise first. And after that, some people will say, which one do you want to? Do you want to be among the people who will rise from the dead? Or you want to be among those who will be alive then? It doesn't really matter. Well, let say, well, the grave may be too tight. It may be, the cement may be so hard that I cannot come alive. <laughs> Let your hearts not be troubled. Read on, man. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them. After that, we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them. In the clouds to meet the Lord in, in, the, the, air. The, sky, in the sky. Praise the Lord. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And Therefore... Encourage each other with these words. So, encourage each other with these words. That whether you have a loved one who has gone to the great beyond, but who believed in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, encourage each other and say, we will be with the Lord forever. Irrespective of where the person is now, what grave site the person or he or she is, we will be with the Lord forever. So long as Jesus Christ were on whether the person is living or alive when Jesus comes is, not, is, is, is irrelevant. The Lord will not leave those who are dead. Neither will he leave those who are alive at his coming. But the coming will not be secret. Praise the Lord. Scripture says in Revelation 15:16, it says, That every eye shall do what? Shall see him. Somebody will want to ask and say, but scripture also says that Jesus will come like a thief in the night. That Yes, he will come like a thief in the night means that he will come when you are not expecting. And that is why we have that theme for the year. Prepare to meet thy God. When we are not expecting, that's when he's going to come. But when he comes, you will know that he has come. You know, some of these films that we watch, we watch, um, what's this film again? This very popular film, Left Behind. The way they portray it is that, I mean, you are in the plane, the plane is moving, the pilot disappears. CNN just begins to announce Hello ladies and gentlemen This is Amman Paul Talking to you now Do you know that people are now missing Uh, Jesus looks like he has come No It will be obvious when Jesus comes Once you hear it on the CNN Just know that it is not Jesus that has come It is somebody else And you know what scripture says It says They will come and tell you That he is in the desert. Go to the desert and see him. He says, Do not go where? Don't go. Don't go. Do not do what? Do not go. He says, Matthew 24, 26, 27. He says, Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. God will not leave us in doubt after when Jesus comes. Whether you believe or not, those who do not believe will not be in doubt. They will know. So do not be deceived, and let your heart not be troubled. Praise the Lord. But what is the Lord coming to do? As we begin to round off, what is He coming to do? You know, we have touched this one way or the other as we've been talking, but let's also look at Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse four to eight. Second Thessalonians 1: four to eight, Yes, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God. For your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. For your patience and the tribulations you endure. Yes. Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. Yes. That you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. That you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Which you also suffer. For which you have suffered. Seeing it is a righteous thing. With God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven. So when the Lord comes, thank you, brother, he shall trouble those that have been troubling us. So it is not just He's going, to, He's coming to take us to heaven. But He's not going to just leave those who are unrepentance to just go about business as usual. There is also going to be a reward for them. Revelation 22, verse 15 says, Behold, I come quickly. Revelation 22, verse 12. I come quickly, and my reward is with me. To pay each one according to his works. When we also say the Apostles' Creed. We also say he is coming to judge the living and the dead. Praise the Lord. Finally, what should we be doing while he tarries? Before he comes, what should we be doing? Acts chapter 9. There's something that happened in Acts chapter 9 that's Is interesting. Sorry, Acts chapter 1 from verse 9. You know, after Jesus had ascended into heaven, the disciples who were with him were staring into heaven. Staring. Even after Jesus had disappeared, they were still staring. And scripture said, two men dressed in sparkling white called their attention and said, Men of Galilee, why are you still staring? Do you wonder why he was trying to call it? Why are you still staring? He was simply saying, there is no time to stand and stare. There is a work to be done. He said, look, don't worry. This same Jesus, not another Jesus, will come again in like manner. When Jesus also resurrected from the dead, Mary went to the tomb. And suddenly two men again. Some scriptures will say two angels. Also, What are you doing? Why are you here? What are you doing here? Go! And tell Peter, tell the others that Jesus is resurrected. In other words, this is not a time to fold our hands like some of us think. Well, let's stop going to school. Let's not do this. Let's not do that. Since Jesus will soon come. No, there is a work to be done. Acts chapter 1 verse 7 to 8. Let's see what work there is to be done. Jesus was telling the disciples just before he ascended into heaven. Acts chapter 1 7 to 8 says, "And he said to them, "It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority." But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses of me. You shall be what? You shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what the Lord wants us to be doing. While... He holds on. And if we go through that first Peter that we read earlier, realize that the reason the Lord is holding on is because He wants us to repent and come to Him and be saved. It is not His desire. It is not His will. It is not His intention for anyone to perish. I don't know if... There is anyone who is here who wants to perish. I'm sure there's no one who wants to perish. I do not want to perish. I do not want my family members to perish. And so I must speak the good news to them. This is Advent. As we go home for Christmas, for celebrations, I will speak to them. My life will radiate and reflect Jesus. They will see me and they will say, Oh, this man serves the living God. We will follow the Lord that he serves. Jesus did not leave us in doubt as to what he wants us to do. Even in the Great Commission, Matthew 24, he says, go into the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Is that what you have been doing with your life? Is that what you have been doing with your life? Or perhaps you have been thinking before that, Well, I will always have another opportunity. Or perhaps you've been saying, He will not come. I don't believe He will come. Jesus will come. He will come. And when He comes, how will He find you? How will He find you? Let us pray. The first prayer we are going to say today is for those who have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Who oh, if Jesus comes today, he will not, they will not be amongst those he will take to heaven. If their soul is required of them today, they will not be among those who will be resurrected into heaven. Who will pray for you first. Now, if you have decided to follow Jesus, just say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you because you came and died for me. You suffered for me. You paid the price on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord, because I am not worthy. Thank you, Father, because despite the fact that I am not worthy, you died for me. Remove my name from the book of hell, from the book of death, and write my name in the book of life. Send me, O Lord, your Holy Spirit, to guide me and to direct me from this day forward. That when Jesus returns, I shall be safe in his cleft. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. If you said that prayer, will you just raise your hands and we'll pray with you? Our God and Father, we give you thanks and praise. Indeed, this is a day of joy. In heaven it is a day of joy. On earth, Lord, your people rejoice. For these, your children, who have chosen today as a day that they will give their lives back to you. Give you their lives to take care of. Lord, they have confessed to God with their mouths, even as they have believed in their hearts, that Jesus is Lord and that he was raised from the dead after three days. Father, we thank you and we commit them into your hands. Father, we pray that concerning them, Father, that beginning from today, Lord, they are indeed now your children. They are indeed your sons, your daughters. In the name of Jesus, Father, all things, old things, O God, before now and now, passed away. Every previous sin, every previous omission, Father, we cancel in the name of Jesus. Father, they are not refurbished. They are completely new creatures. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, as you give them grace to live this life. Thank you, Father, as you strengthen them. With your Holy Spirit our guide, and our help. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, those of us who have been saved, one more prayer. Scripture says that it is not of he that willeth nor runeth, but of the Lord that showeth mercy. It is also not about how you started, but how you end. Speak to the Lord at this time and tell him to help you. That after all that you have heard, after all your labor on earth, that you shall end well. Talk to the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Our God and Father, we give you thanks and praise because you are wonderful, you are great, you are mighty. Thank you, Lord, because you are the one who first loved us in sending your son Jesus to die for us, that we may be saved from our sins. Thank you, Lord, as you help us, Lord to finish up this good fight of faith. Thank you, Lord, that at the end we may be able to say, like Paul, that we have finished the race and that we have kept the faith and that all that is left, O Lord, is the crown that you, the righteous judge, shall give unto us. Thank you, Lord, for answers to our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray.